All right, welcome HBF Church family and those joining us live on uh, YouTube and Facebook tonight. Uh, hopefully we got some folks that are uh, joining us right now. And um, I think in the sound booth, you can send a message. And uh, Pastor Jeff Trude is working the video tonight, as well as Ron Casson and my son Samuel. So by God's grace, we'll get through this. And uh, make sure if you have any questions uh, that you go ahead and you can send a message in and you can say hi and uh, let them know you're online. Jeff would appreciate that as well as um, uh, here at the end of the message or toward the end of my presentation tonight, I will be, uh, you know, discussing where we're going here at HBF under these circumstances. So uh, I'm glad that you're joining us tonight. And I do hope uh, this technology is working for you um, because this looks like the way we're going to be doing church at least for a few weeks, uh, most likely for more than a few weeks, uh, based on what I'm um, understanding, uh, not just in the media, but by some other reports and things that I'm finding. So tonight I just want to just come to you. And first, before I get into more of an update on how we're going to go forward as a church, uh, as is our custom here at HBF, we want to put the word first. It's the name of our Bible publishing ministry. It's the, it's the thing that we do uh, is we equip the saints of God and the word of God to accomplish the mission of God and the power of God. And in a time like this, it's easy to, to really kind of to forget those things because there seems to be so much uncertainty, uh, maybe even fear at times, uh, you know, um, everything from, you know, you, some people in our church are working uh, daylight to dark, just very busy because of, of this crisis. And other folks are concerned that they'll even have a job. And so uh, I know that this is not a, a normal time. It's not a normal situation. But I do believe that we serve a God that knew this was coming. He was not surprised. And um, a lot of things change, and they've changed very rapidly, but God never changes. And he has allowed us to, uh, especially if you're born again, you're a member of HBF, to be here for such a time as this. Uh, as Mordecai spoke to Esther and uh, encouraged her in that, this is a time for us to really be focused on what the Lord um, would have us to, to be so that we can accomplish that which he would have us to accomplish. And there's probably no greater time I can think of to be a Christian. What a, this is an exciting time. And so I want to speak to you tonight just uh, really from my heart. I have just a very simple message I want to start with, and then uh, we will talk a little bit about how we're going to do church tonight. And I do plan in the weeks to come to continue uh, to address um, the body of Christ on Wednesday nights in this format, uh, if and until um, uh, the Lord comes or this crisis is over and we can continue to assemble together as we have been. Of course, this week, just by way of announcement before I get started, I do want to mention that um, our normal activities, uh, life issues uh, for this week is canceled uh, and due to the situation with this virus. And um, uh, we will have a modest work day with a few folks that will be spread out in a CDC safe distance and, um, and all of those things uh, this Saturday. But the men's breakfast is canceled and uh, we'll be back on live on Sunday morning. Uh, and I will give you more information about that here in just a few minutes. But before we do that, if you have your Bible, uh, I'd like you to uh, turn to the book of Second Timothy chapter 2. And as I'm introducing that, I'd like to say if you have your family, you know, grab, grab your family together. Uh, if you have devices, uh, unless you're watching this uh, message right now on live feed, just, just put the devices away, put the tablets down, uh, focus on either the computer or the television, whatever it is. 
uh, because it, it's you're going to have to be intentional. When we do church like this, it's something where you're going to have to make a decision to, to pay attention because there's so many other distractions in our lives. So please, uh, as you're turning in your Bibles, make sure you have uh, your loved ones gathered together. We're going to be in the book of Second Timothy to start with. And tonight I just want to speak to you about the reality of having uh, no fear, uh, no division, and no um, uh, no retreat, because we need to make sure we're going forward. So statistically in the United States, and I put this out a few weeks ago, um, uh, and this is not to undermine at all the current crisis, but I, I just listed you know, several things on the website that, that we really could find fearful. Uh, when you think about uh, heart disease, uh, statistically in the United States this year, uh, 647,000 plus people uh, could likely uh, perish from heart disease. You think about cancer, it would be 599, 108,000 people uh, could die of cancer. Uh, just unintentional injuries from various accidents, 169,000 people. Uh, chronic lower respiratory disease, 160,000. Stroke, 146,000. Alzheimer's disease, 121,404. Influenza uh, and pneumonia, 53,000. And that's no joke. That's 10 times the size of Cass County, or of Harrisonville. It's half the population of Cass County. So that is a lot of souls. Uh, and then um, there are other ailments uh, that all, uh, and even suicide that would, would fall under that category. But, you know, when you think about things that are, that are dangerous and things that co- should cause fear, it really it is actually sin because sin affects all of us. And because of the fear, or not because of the fear of, but because of the curse of sin, we all will die. So I, I just think about how, where we are as a culture right now. And I, I can t- sense, I just met with a man, and uh, he works in a, in a, a service industry that provides food and, um, and supplies uh, at one of the big box stores. And, and he was just mentioning how he can literally sense the fear on the faces of people. That's the second person uh, this week I've talked to uh, from our church that says, yeah, when I'm in the store, I can tell, I can just visibly see that there's fear on the faces of people. And, uh, you know, not everybody has the hope of Christ. And I think, man, that's a sad situation because God gives us a peace. The Bible says that passes understanding. Sure, we're concerned about things and sure uh, we want to be safe and sure we want to take care of our loved ones, and we don't want to see anyone hurt. We don't want to see anybody. That's why we're shutting our services down. We want to make sure that nobody has to be concerned about um, this disease affecting their life. But at the end of the day, we know that many of the people that we care most about have a personal relationship with Jesus. We know that they, if they were to die, they were going to go to heaven. Their situation is going to be better than it is even today. And so we have this great hope in a time of fear. And so I told you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. I just want to read a passage that you've probably heard a lot, a passage that uh, you may have memorized, but I want to just revisit it to start off tonight as we think about this first point of having no fear. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter, uh, I said chapter 2, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for your word. I thank you for this time just to gather uh, with those that can join us from our church family on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. I pray, God, that this would be a, 
uh, an edifying message and encouragement to everyone that's watching. And also it would give us some direction as I get to the end of this message and talk specifically about how we plan to go forward in the next weeks uh, that are ahead uh, under these circumstances that you have allowed and provided for us in ministry. We pray, God, a blessing on the reading and the hearing of your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Bible says here that God has not given us uh, the spirit of fear. But what I really like about this passage is that he's replaced it with three things. You know, the spirit of fear is replaced with three things, and that, of course, is very easy to outline. It is power, love, and a sound mind. So if you are a note taker, I just want to point out the first thing that he does, and that is he gives he replaces fear with power. Now, if you are, um, you know, hanging out with us in the book of Acts, many, many, it's actually been several now over a year ago, uh, we were in Acts chapter 1. And you will remember that when Jesus ascended, uh, that he mentioned, um, he mentioned this. <clears throat> well, let me back up. Let me just go to Matthew chapter uh, 28, and then I'm going to go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And again, these are verses that many of us know, but I think this is a good time to remember the basics, to remember the mission that God has us on. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said in verse uh, 18, he says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And so he pronounced before he gave his great commission to the disciples that, that they had all power. Then in Acts chapter 1, uh, in verse 8, before he ascends, once again, uh, Jesus is speaking with his disciples, and he says, Now, guys, stay put, because it isn't until the Holy Ghost descends that you will have the power that you need. Notice in verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, he says, But ye shall receive power... After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, when we think about these verses, and, and we often don't really meditate deeply upon the context, but when Jesus ascended, and, uh, and really even before those 40 days when he was with his disciples, the first Sunday of the week, uh, he was with his disciples on the, and, uh, as they were gathered together. The second Sunday, he was with his disciples. Of course, that's when Thomas uh, was in the room as well. And so in those times, uh, you might remember that the disciples gathered, well, they gathered in fear. Why? Well, because they, in, in essence, were outlaws. And, uh, and they understood that there were some folks, some Judaizers who did not appreciate them, and they also understood the Romans, perhaps, uh, did not appreciate them. And so they were in a situation where they were gathered in fear. And yet it was in those conditions when they were gathering privately, when they were gathering in small groups, when Jesus was in their midst. And he, of course, when he appears to them in, in the book of John, he says, fear not. Uh, and so really there's so many other things external to our life that can cause us to have fear, but ultimately the holiness of God, we spent six or seven weeks talking about it as we saw Isaiah fall down, you know, and just and just say, I am undone. Really, God is the only thing that we can afford to fear. And it's when we understand his glory and his goodness that, man, we can rest in that. And, and you know, God has not only does he want to be with us and not only does he want to be in the midst of our meeting together tonight, wherever we are in our houses, in our car, wherever we may be listening to this. But he also wants us to be empowered uh, to be used of him. And he tells, his, he tells the apostles, you know what, before you go out, make sure you have 
this some very important element, which is, well, which is me, the Holy Ghost in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And of course, we know in Acts chapter 2 is when that occurred. I'm not going to get into a, an exposition of that. You can go back and listen to that uh, from our Sunday morning series. But the power that he gives the disciples, number one, is to go. And when he tells them to go, in Matthew 28, you know it says, Go ye therefore. And in Acts chapter 1-8, you're very familiar with literally the, the, the geography that was given, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. He told them to go, but it really wasn't an ideal time to go. And yet God told them to go anyway. And there are times like this where you may not feel like going, like you might have a few weeks ago, but this is still a time to go. It's still a time to go forward and make sure that we do what God has saved us to do. And it's in these times that I believe we'll, we could see some of the best fruit that, that we've seen in our personal lives and also in the life of the church because people are desperate to have peace in a time of fear. They need to, they need to know that Jesus is with them. And Jesus can be in them. Not only did he give them power to go in difficult circumstances, the time of the first century church was not easy. The time of the the 10 Roman persecutions wasn't easy. And as a matter of fact, for the last 2,000 years, the church hasn't really faced easy times. There's nothing that we're facing today in in the church in America that is unique to uh, any difficulties that are being faced by any saints at any time in the church age. So this is somewhat normal for most Christians. And in our case, this is very light affliction, I might add. And so we just have to adjust, right, at this point. We just have to adjust how we accomplish God's mission in his power. Now, another thing that he does, <coughs> he doesn't just give them the power to go. Sorry, that wasn't a CDC a qualified cough. I need to do it with my elbow. So he doesn't just give them the power to go uh, in difficult circumstances. He gives them the power to meet. He gives them the power to meet on the first day of the week. And a verse that's been really heavy on my heart the last several, um, you know, really about the last week or two or maybe a little longer since this whole uh, coronavirus, this uh, uh, situation, uh, COVID-19 has arisen, is just the, the, the mandate. This is not a suggestion. In Hebrews chapter 10, I want you to look with me, Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm going to get to verse 25, but before I do that, I just want to back up a little bit and just kind of, get the essence of what is, is being discussed here. Uh, verse 21 is talking about a high priest over the house of God. We know in the book of Hebrews that Jesus Christ is our high priest. He says, uh, let us, in verse 22, Hebrews ten twenty-two, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from sin and an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And then he says this in verse 25, Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, of course, this is one of the biggest challenges that that we face right now is, is assembling together. But God is providing us even tools and technologies we have even tonight to do that. And I think to the best of our ability, we want to assemble. But it isn't just about assembling. It's making sure that we don't forsake Jesus. This whole passage and this whole concept of assembling together is really about deciding that we're following Jesus. Of course, the the, the Jewish uh, believers had a decision to make. Coming out of Judaism, were they going to go back to the 
uh, temple? Were they going to go back to the Sabbath day or were they going to continue meeting on the first day of the week as the manner of the Christians were, remembering the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, remembering the veil had been rent, remembering that Jesus Christ had fulfilled the law and that he was the end of the law for righteousness. And of course, the right answer is certainly to, to meet on the first day of the week. But now, toward the last days, the last hours, perhaps the last minutes of the church age, the church is once again faced with a decision of how do we once, how do we meet? And, and even in this passage, we see why we meet. We're to draw near with a true heart. Is our heart true? Is it in full assurance of faith? Is it sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water? This is a time, as we've been preaching throughout the last six weeks, uh, or not the last six weeks, but the first two months of the year, on this is a time on holiness. This is a time to be holy. This is a time to draw close to Christ. It's a time to draw close to one another. And even if we can't meet together physically in this particular location, I've always said this is just clothes for the body. This is just a building. It is just that. But what really makes the body the body is, well, it's us, all of those that are gathered together in Christ. And so he says, let us, you know, not forsake, right? Let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. There are some, and I do fear that there'll be more, that will continue to forsake the assembling of themselves together. And that is a direct, uh, directly against the wishes of the Lord, not just in a physical sense. Of course, there are times like this when we can't meet physically, but I mean in a spiritual sense. Christ is not active in their life. He is not, uh, they're not beseeching him in prayer. They're not seeking his word. They are now drifting away. And God forbid during these days ahead that we would drift away from God and, and the holiness of Christ and, and really our identity in him. It's so important that we understand that the power that God has given us is not just to go, though going is what we are here to do, but we're also to, to kind of park the car and, 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 and meet with Christ and, and make sure that we care for one another as God intends. Even if we can't be together physically, we need to make sure we're on the telephone and we're calling each other, that we're texting one another, that we're, we're caring for one another as a body. If you're in an ABF, you need to make sure that you are in constant contact with your ABF members. If you are in a, in, uh, in uh, this church as a member, you need to make sure that you are, uh, if nobody's calling you, then you get on the phone and call them and make sure that you are in communion one with another and that heart is right with God and we are right with one another. Because not, not only has God given us the power to go and the power to meet, but he's also given us the power to submit. We are not in fear. We have power. We have a power to go. We have a power to meet. And we have power to submit. In Romans Chapter 13, I think it's important during this time that we remember that we are to submit to the powers that be. And that's not always an easy thing for us to want to do, uh, but we need to do this. It says in, in Romans chapter 1, again, a verse that we're all probably familiar with, but we need to remember, let every soul be subject unto higher powers, for there is no power that uh, but of God. God, again, knows what's happening. He knows what's going on. The powers that be are ordained of God. Rather, uh, it doesn't matter if they're Republican or Democrat or what they are, they're ordained of God. It goes on to say, Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Wilt thou then be afraid of the power? Here again we have fear. It says, Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. 
for he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore you must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For this cause pay ye tribute, which is tax time, and that's coming up also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. And so in this passage, we see that there's a need to submit. God hasn't given us power so that we can run the wrong direction. He hasn't given us power so we can forsake the assembling of ourselves. And he he hasn't given us power to rebel against the authorities that God says are here uh, to be ministers unto us. They serve us, in a sense, as God's ministers, and so we need to be respectful of that. The reason we're not meeting here at HBF right now is because we are honoring the wishes of the CDC. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that, Ron, and everybody listening. We're, we're obeying the wishes of the CDC, and I don't want to infect anybody personally. I would hate for anyone to be infected if I were to be carrying the coronavirus. We do believe that the powers that be are looking out for the best interest of uh, the country, the weak, the elderly, and those that are at risk of suffering from a deadly disease. And though the numbers may not be as severe as heart disease or, or even a normal influenza at this time, there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of reasons why things are being enacted to minimize, to mitigate uh, the dangers of the things that are going on. And by nature, of course, humans are rebellious. Right. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. There is a there is a, a nature, a, a sense in which especially Americans, individually, individualistic society, we want to resist, you know, uh, resist the man, resist the power. But God says, no, no, no. You need to submit to this because this is for your good. God wants to use this in our lives. He wants us to be an example, even when it hurts, even when it's inconvenient, even when it's not necessarily comfortable. So we need not fear. There should be no fear. And and one of the other things I think that we need to remember is that in these times, even though it, it seems odd and it seems almost counterintuitive that when we can't meet together in a building, we can be close. Really, I do believe that God can use this time to draw us ever closer to one another uh, in our focus in the Word of God and our focus on one another. You know, the Bible is very clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul writing to a church that was, well, frankly, caught up with the things of the world. They were playing church. They really weren't being uh, the church that God saved them to be. They were focusing on men. They weren't focusing on the Word of God. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, the Apostle Paul says, he says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind, in the same judgment. You know, it's interesting to me that the the Corinthians, they did not have a a coronavirus ban. They were meeting together weekly. They they had quite a prolific church. They were very wealthy. They had all the affluence that you could want in a church. They were very eclectic and very diverse, and yet they were completely not doing God's will, even though they met together every week. Just because we have an ability to meet together weekly does not mean we are in God's perfect will. As a matter of fact, we can meet together and, and have God write a letter to us saying, hey, I beseech you, brethren, uh, to make sure that you do things the way you ought to do them because you're not doing them. There was a whole group of people meeting, and there were divisions in the body. I rejoice in the Lord 
that our church right now is, is probably as healthy as I've ever seen it relationally, spiritually. Uh, I mean, really, in many ways, um, I was just me, me and uh, Mitch Newland were just speaking last night about, man, about the time we start to see the, the ranks uh, fill up in the in the kingdom kids and the kingdom seekers, I should say. We've been praying, oh, God, provide workers, provide workers, provide workers. And then here comes coronavirus, just about the time we start to see a little light at the end of that tunnel and start to see the staffing where it needed to be. But God knows that. God allowed that. And you know what? That's okay, because that's what God wants. He wants us to be of one mind. He wants us to, he wants us to take this passage seriously. He wants us to be the opposite. I had, if you have siblings that don't do the right thing, you always, you can learn what not to do. We want to learn what not to do when we look at the Corinthians. He's asking them, strongly encouraging them. He's saying, you guys, make sure you speak the same thing. Beloved, we know what we believe. We know what we have in this book. We know what to speak. And we need to speak. That's what God has given us his word for. That you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions. You know what Paul's talking about there is that there's unity, not just of mind, but also of heart. You know, one of the greatest things that can keep us together during a time like this, both as nuclear families and also as a church family, is, is our heart, our heart for God and our heart for one another. Yes, we're charged to go with no fear with the Great Commission, but we also got to obey the Great Commandment. So no division in the body. You know, it only took one generation in the Old Testament to go from being victorious to being victims. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 23. Joshua, chapter 23. In the Old Testament, we see here that Joshua, uh, he's giving a charge to the nation of Israel. And they've done a good job. They have accomplished what they needed to accomplish. And sometimes the comfort of accomplishment can can actually war against what God would have us to do. We can become, well, we've become a little bit apathetic. And perhaps maybe the church has become a little apathetic. I don't know. Maybe that's why God's allowing this. Maybe we need to be a little more diligent than we used to be. I know that that I've been a little bit more diligent the last, you know, several weeks, the last, definitely the last week. Uh, and, and so these things are good for us when it comes to following the Lord. In Joshua chapter 23, Joshua comes to the toward the end of his ministry here, and he's encouraging the nation of Israel. And uh, he says in verse uh, 4, he says, Behold, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain to you to be an inheritance for your tribes from Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off, even under the great sea westward. westward. You know, God had given the nation of Israel rest, it says in verse 1, from all their enemies round about them. But, but Joshua reminded them there was still more work to do. There were still more things to be accomplished. And he goes on to say uh, in verse 5, And the Lord your God, shall uh, he shall expel them from before you and drive them out from out of your sight, and ye shall possess their land as the Lord your God hath promised unto you. Be therefore very courageous to keep and to do all, not some, but all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside there, there from to the right hand or to the left, that ye come not among these nations, lest they remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them, but cleave unto the Lord your God, as ye have done unto this day. For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations, strong 
As for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is he that fighteth for you as he hath promised you. Take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Oh, man, what an incredible passage that is. How encouraging that is as Joshua is encouraging the next generation to go out and continue to fight the battle. And from victory unto victory, the hymn says, his army will he lead. Man, praise God. That's, that's exactly what Joshua, his name literally is Jesus, the Hebrew name for Jesus. He is leading the nation of Israel into victory. But you know what? Sometimes we think the sky is falling and we forget what we're left here to do. And you know, the nation of Israel, they got a little bit apathetic. And by the time we get to the book of Judges, chapter 1 and verse 19, the Bible says, And the Lord was with Judah, and he drove out the inhabitants of the mountain, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley, because they had chariots of iron. And so this great nation that had accomplished so much, all of a sudden was on the ropes, and they weren't able to drive out the giants. They weren't able to take care of the iron chariots, the things that God had promised them in Deuteronomy chapter 20, he could fulfill. In Deuteronomy chapter 20, in verses 1 through 4, the Bible is very clear that God intended those enemies to be there so that they could learn and they could see and they could experience that victory. And the priest was to rally the troops, and they were to go forth, and they were to accomplish God's mission and God's power for His glory. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse 1, When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies, and seest horses and chariots and people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be when ye are come nigh unto the battle, that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people, and ye shall say unto them, Hear ye, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts be faint. Fear not, do not tremble, neither neither be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. It took unity of mind. It took unity of heart. It took a belief, faith. Took faith. You know, one of my concerns with this crisis is the the breaking up of the congregation of the local New Testament church, not just physically, but in heart. Many people who who had experienced victory under Joshua, after that first generation passed, the next generation was completely under the bondage, under the bondage of the enemy. And it took faithful men to stand up. And, of course, you know the times of judges. It took judges that would stand up. It took individual action. It took faith. And it took people who were willing to believe God's word to, to really bring the victory. And one of the things I want, to ins- I want to really request of the men of our church, and if you are not a, a man, maybe you're a single mother or um, you know, you're in a situation, we have many faithful widows, many widows indeed, as the Bible calls them. I would ask you to continue to pray for our church body and specifically pray for the men of our church during this season. Because as we go away from a a congregational meeting, as we go away for a season from meeting together in one room, there's something about knowing that there's that other man, that other person, that other woman at the church that's waiting to see you on Sunday. And it's easy like the nation of Israel to just kind of kind of get comfortable and kind of let the apathy of of watching television and just kind of viewing in on a ch- tele- on a church service and just to kind of become a spectator in God's mission instead of a participant. 
And if we get to the place in our spiritual life where we're just a spectator and not a participant, and we're not really fulfilling the mission of going because we're in fear, and, and the next thing you know, we're really not with the body, we're just viewing the body from the outside. And the next thing you know, the next thing you know, you're just going to be, well, you're going to be apathetic. And, and then like the nation of Israel, apostasy will creep in. And then before you know it, there'll be anarchy. And I do believe, and I, and I just want to send this warning out to all of us who are participating as a body in this new setting for the season in which we have to do that, to let's be vigilant not to be like the nation of Israel. For we're following Christ Jesus. He is our captain. He is our Lord. This is not my church. This is not your church. This is Jesus' church. He has purchased us with his own blood. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. We know that. But we do know that there is a great battle going on. And I know what time it is. I think you know what time it is. I was sharing with our institute students just last night that there's a dual prophecy in the book of Malachi, the very last words of Malachi in the Old Testament, right before the New Testament. So the, for us, uh, the last book of the, of the Old Testament is Malachi. For the, the Hebrews, their last uh, book of the Old Testament is Second Chronicles. Theirs tells them to go back to the land. What's ours tell us? What's the Old Testament speaking to us about? And, of course, the, the, the Jewish elect in the tribulation. I won't get into that at any length right now, but there's, there's, a, there's a message here, and I think we need to be careful with this. Malachi chapter 4, of course, prophetically speaking of, of both John the Baptist and then Elijah in this prophecy For behold, in verse 1, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave neither root nor branch. We do know that we have a victory. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and, he shall, and ye shall go forth and grow up as the calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. In the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, of course, we're talking prophetically about the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will come with him at the second coming in that day. And then he says a strange thing in verse 5 as he concludes this chapter. He says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. We know in the coming tribulation that literally one of the two witnesses will be Elijah the prophet. We know that the first coming of Christ, there was, a, there was a man named John the Baptist, and Jesus said, he's as good, he's as good as Elijah the prophet. And then he says this in verse 6, he says, And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. And beloved, I just believe that in this time in which we literally have a, a virus, up one generation from another, literally, physically. I, I'm not visiting physically with my mother right now. I have to call her on the phone. I don't even think she knows how to use FaceTime. Do you know how to use FaceTime? We gotta, I got to teach my mom how to use FaceTime, for goodness sake. Why? Because I can't, I can't even honor her the way I need to because of this virus. It's a little frustrating. But at least I'm frustrated, and we need to be frustrated that we can't be as close to those that we love because of this virus. But the Bible tells us that there's coming a time when there's a schism, there's a, a division that shouldn't be there between the older generation and the 
younger generation, between a father and his son. And I want to encourage you fathers especially, and you mothers, and you in a family unit, to use this time to to draw your families together for the sake of Christ. This is a great time to remember the very basics. You know, we teach our kids in their little, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, Ephesians 6, 1, and we should do that. But don't forget that that's leading them to war, and, and later on in Ephesians 6, as they mature. And we need to make sure that we are fortifying the family. Utilize this time that we have when you can. And I hope for some of us, we're busier than ever, and it will be hard. For others of you, this is a great opportunity to really grab your family and be the leader in your home and sit them down around the the computer or the television or whatever during church on Sunday and and pray with them and open up the scripture with them. and, And really, you lead your family. It's a great time to continue to fortify the family, to pray together, to read together. And you know what? You can even relax together. I know some of us, it might be a little, instead of being fearful of what's to come, if God gives you a little rest, take it if you can. If you're having some troubles, call us. But don't just stop there. Make sure you call your neighbors. Make sure you're calling on your neighbors. Maybe you can't physically go next door and talk to them uh, because of the situation at hand. But you know what? We can call them on the phone. We can text them. We can catch them on Facebook. Just make sure we're checking in on our neighbors and our neighborhood. And be a good neighbor during this time. You remember when Jesus was discussing with the lawyer, you know, what makes a a good neighbor, right? That's also where we find uh, the great commandment. In the book of Matthew, chapter 22, we need to make sure that we are doing the great commandment during a time like this. Matthew, chapter 22, and verse 31. Matthew 22, verse 31 but as touching the resurrection of the dead, you have no need that I write unto you. Unto, unto you. <clears throat> um, I'm in the wrong place. Excuse me. There we go. Jesus, uh, this master says, uh, comes up to him and he says, which is the great commandment in the law? This is verse 36, I'm sorry, of uh, Matthew 22. He says, Jesus says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Many of us would say, yes, I love Jesus, but the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Beloved, I can't think of a better time in recent times to just simply do what God tells us to do. We say we want to accomplish the great commission, and we have no fear, and we want to go. So one of the places we need to go, in addition to fortifying our families, is looking beyond our walls and and encouraging those that are in our neighborhood, being a good neighbor. And I know know our family needs to do a better job of that, and I hope that we can all do a better job of that. And it would be God's good hand to see the church grow during a time like this. And so in closing on this particular message that I'm bringing, of course we've talked about at a time like this, it's no time to fear. It's no time, it's really no time uh, to have division. We should be drawing close together spiritually, uh, even though we can't do that physically sometimes. And we can do that with our church family, our physical family, and our neighbors. But lastly, I want to make sure that we don't retreat. Again, going back to my illustration from the nation of Israel, sometimes it's easy just to get comfortable or to allow a crisis to eclipse our, our mission and forget what it is we're here for. Again, Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, I have all power, right? He says, I've given that to you. All power is given to me in heaven and earth. 
Go ye therefore. But I know you can't leave Jerusalem and Judea because you don't have the technology. You don't have uh, Roman citizenship. You don't have the... No, all the excuses off. He says, you know what? I have the power. Now you have the power. Go. Go ye therefore. And don't just teach some nations. Teach all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then he says, teaching them to observe all things. And we know that means make disciples. Whatsoever I've commanded unto you. And lo, I'm with you all way, even unto, until the end of the world, unto the end of the world. And then he says, amen. So we all have power. Now we need to use it and go and and give all the things that God has given to us, to others in our neighborhood, in our families, and literally still reach the nations of the world. Now, to be frank with you, I'm not sure exactly how we do all of that under the current circumstances. Maybe for a season we have to, you know, we have to change some plans Maybe we aren't able to take all the missions trips that we intended. Maybe we'll have a shutdown and some transportation and so on and so forth. But nonetheless, we're going to do everything in our power to accomplish God's mission and God's power for his glory because God has given us all power. He's given us all things that he said to us, and he's called us to go to all nations. And so we should not retreat. We should not go backwards. But I'm also not saying that we should not pause and we shouldn't reflect on how and gather ourselves to figure out how we're going forward. One of the things that uh, we've had to do the last several days is, you know, really collectively put our heads together. And one of the things I think we've learned the last several days here at HBF is that no matter what you plan, it's probably going to change. So this is a time that we do need to be flexible. We need to make our plans and we need to proceed and we need to have a plan that's somewhat comprehensive. And God has given a plan. No matter how many things change in our lives, some things will not change. God's still going to call us to go. He's still going to call us not to have fear. He's, he tells us that. He, he wants us to go forward without fear, and he wants us to be unified in heart and mind, and he wants us to, to go forward and not backwards. So we're going to accomplish God's mission and God's power for his glory, but we may have to modify how we do that. So practically speaking, let me just give you some some you know nuts and bolts. And if you're watching right now and, and you have questions, this is a great time. To, to put them out, and, and uh, they'll collect them in the back. We may just have a little QA time. I can just do it live. Jeff, is anyone putting any questions out or comments, or are you able to see? Not yet? Okay. Are there people watching? All right. Praise God. It's good to see everybody. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, this Sunday, starting now, of course, we've canceled uh, service in the building tonight. Uh, we will have uh, this Saturday, For I will mention also, uh, we, uh, we're not going to have the men's breakfast this month, uh, which makes sense. Um, and so most of the activities have been canceled uh, for the month, uh, other than HBI, which we can still execute digitally. And, uh, and then we still have a small work contingent that will be working apart from each other at, at CDC, CDC safe space distances. And so uh, all that will be accomplished uh, this weekend. And that's already underway, and that'll be coordinated with Steve Fleshman. Uh, but Sunday morning at 9 a.m., what are we going to do with Adult Bible Fellowships? And I am glad that we have this time to talk, because I, I personally want to share my heart uh, concerning this need to meet. It would, the easiest thing we could do is just say, well, don't worry about Adult Bible Fellowships. Let's just, we'll just do a, a, a live feed of the main service, and we'll all go about our way. I think that would be a, a, an incredible mistake. And the reason I believe that is because this body is structured. 
in a way in which we give body care through the adult Bible fellowships. And so it's important that the, the members of the body, especially those of us in adult Bible fellowships, continue to function uh, within that adult Bible fellowship as much as possible, even if it's virtually in regard to communication. And each adult Bible fellowship is charged with shepherding uh, his adult Bible fellowship. But we have all committed and to go ahead and, and uh, while we can, and this could change before Sunday, uh, of course, that we could have uh, a stricter uh, requirements where we could not even physically be here. Uh, but while we can, uh, I would like to have the adult Bible fellowships available only to those uh, who are not um, at risk at all in any way uh, in regard to, to getting the coronavirus. I would feel horrible if anyone in our church family or guests came here uh, and we unwittingly infected someone uh, because maybe another person had no symptoms and, and was a carrier of the virus and then infected someone. So I, would, I don't want anyone in the building that is all um, at risk. And that is several uh, members of our church and guests that attend. So let's, let me start by saying that. However, uh, we also are committed uh, to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. And we do take seriously the fact that Jesus himself is the one who blessed the meeting of the saints on the first day of the week. And he is the one who has established that we meet on the first day of the week. And he is the one who set the precedent. And then at, in the same verse in which he reminds us of that, says, and oh, by the way, continue to make sure you do that until as you see the day approaching. And I've just told you all the things that we are seeing are all about us preparing for the day that is approaching, regardless of what happens in the next uh, two weeks, the next two years, the next two decades that the Lord tarries. So we need to be committed to God's word and, and God's meetings. And in our structure, the Adult Bible Fellowship is, well, it's just not replaceable. And so what I would like to do is each Adult Bible Fellowship pastor has committed to, to, to being here, with the exception, of course, of Randy Foster and, and Bob Hall is serving in his stead physically um, and uh, for the uh, real-life class, and we will be here. But uh, your adult Bible fellowship, if you're in an ABF, should have already contacted you, and we've queried, and, and there are some ABFs where it looks like the majority of the folks just are going to, they're just going to watch online in their ABF uh, if they can get that done virtually, uh, or they're going to, you know, get the recording later. Uh, but uh, there are others where there's just going to be a scant few people come and participate in the ABF, uh, obviously under 10. Uh, and so there'll be a few people uh, that will come. Now, we've got it already figured out, at least temporarily, this, this week coming up. And, uh, and while we have this liberty, um, we do know, and for those of you that are saying, yeah, but Brian Cass County says that there's really no restrictions on, you know, they're not setting a, a restriction on the church. We recognize that, but we're also... Uh, while we really do honor and we really, really like Cass County's liberty, we also want to honor the federal government. And so we're doing our best to uh, we're thankful for th Cass County's liberty and we'll take advantage of it when we need to. Uh, but we're also, to the best of our ability, going to submit to the CDC uh, requirements. So and the wishes and the uh, and the recommendations of the CDC. And so uh, we will have uh, two classes that will enter on Sunday morning at nine o'clock. Through the through, I'm pointing over here to the uh, east doors over by the kitchen. And so, if you are part of Jason McGuire's uh, Passpoint class, we would ask that you just simply, uh, and you're one of the few, the the eight or what have you that come in for class, just enter on this these doors over by the kitchen. Uh, we will actually be ready with a thermometer one of these fancy digital thermometers. We are not checking the mark of the beast. I promise you, uh, we're just checking your temperature. 
uh, just a little while ago. I tested it out. We will make sure to take the cap off. As I began a pastor meeting, I forgot to take the cap off, and I put it on my head, and I had a 101-degree fever. I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm infecting all the deacons and the pastors. But it ended up that uh, uh, that is not the case once I learned how to properly operate it. So uh, by God's grace, uh, nobody will be in the building uh, that has a fever at least. Uh, but we can't guarantee that there will not be people in the building who are carrying this virus. So anyone that comes to any gathering, our church or anywhere else, um, are, there, are those questions? Okay, good. Well, I'll get your questions here in just a little bit. Uh, anyone that comes to this gathering or anywhere else uh, needs to be aware of that. And if you have any concern at all, you should not go out. Um, now, uh, Jason's class will gather in the common grounds to keep the safe space distances uh, that were required. And uh, we will also dismiss in an orderly fashion. Uh, and, uh, and we also, if you are in, in a, a couple of these classrooms, we're going to try to work on a solution where you can actually view the service uh, in the classroom if you are actually physically present. Uh, Jim Boyette's class, we ask that those that uh, desire to attend, and we know who you are, um, um, then uh, just please enter through that door as well and make your way to your classroom. Again, keeping the space and the distance that, the, that is required by the CDC or is requested, I should say, by the CDC at this time. When you enter your classrooms as well, we would like to ask, obviously, if you're a married couple or a family, uh, you, can, you can obviously be together, but we would like to keep those distances as best as possible. And then if you are going to the um, to Steve Fleshman's uh, journey class, uh, we would ask that you enter the front door and go just as you normally would through the lobby. We'll make sure to greet you from a distance and and probably uh, check your temperature as you come in. So I uh, hope you're cool with that. And then make your way to Steve Fleshman's office or I mean, to his classroom in the real life in the uh, in the uh, uh, in the library. And uh, and so. Uh, now, I do know that the journey has several people, uh, not more than 10, but we do have a handful of people ready to meet for that class that are eager to meet uh, for that as well. So we will allow that. Now, the, one of the questions you may have is, well, what if 20 people want to meet? Well, then that will be up to the ABF pastor to discern uh, either uh, how to rotate his class through or uh, or have another unique solution in meeting that we have not yet come up with. But right now, uh, that has not been a problem. I think most folks want to stay apart uh, for now, at least for the current situation. And then uh, Pastor Randy's class, of course, will enter. They have their own entrance and exit, and so the same principles are required. They will also have a thermometer, and so your ABF will be looking for someone, uh, most likely, uh, to help uh, you know make sure folks are adequately scanned uh, for temperatures as they enter. If you indeed did come in with a temperature, we would just simply ask you to, to seek medical help, go home. You know, please do not infect anybody with anything at this time. Um, and so that's what we plan to do at nine o'clock. Uh, 10.30, there was, I've had some misinformation and that's caused on my behalf. I initially was planning on uh, delaying the service till 11 a.m., uh, the main worship service, uh, because I wanted to make sure the ABFs could dismiss, get home and watch it. But I think we may have a, a solution to, to, to remedy that. Um, and so, um, in the meantime, what I'm going to ask is that, um, at 1030, we're going to be like this. We're going to be live. We will have the praise team or the praise team that is participating. There are some members of the praise team, uh, that will not be be because of the the situation, 
Uh, they don't want to risk getting ill in any way or spreading anything, which is perfectly w- wonderful, and we're, we're thankful for that. So we will, uh, we will again, like we did this morning, we'll begin the broadcast. And uh, uh, I'll probably send out a link, if at all possible, like we did uh, tonight. And, uh, and then we will uh, have the praise and the message. And also I will uh, take up an offering. Uh, now, I probably won't have anyone here to take it up with. I don't know. We need to talk about that. I need an usher, a greeter. But we'll at least pray and pray over giving and all of those things. I, I know if you're part of the, um, um, the, not the real life, Jeff, what's your, the uh, Lightwalkers Fellowship. Jeff sent out a very eloquent uh, message and a very well-written message about this transition and, and how the classes are going to operate. And by the way, I didn't mention his class. His class will still meet in the sanctuary if indeed anybody is coming. Right now, I don't think he has very many people or none committed to coming, which is fine. Um, and so um, at any rate, Jeff will be uh, um, uh, Jeff's class. <clears throat> I just lost my train of thought. Uh, his uh uh, oh, the offering. He wrote in his 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 uh, his letter uh, to his class of really word fitly spoken spoken about our need to continue to give to the local church, and I really appreciated that, Jeff. Thank you for doing that. Uh, I haven't actually. That's one thing we haven't even talked about in any of our pastor or deacon meetings the last few days. Uh, but obviously, uh, we still have bills to pay, and uh, we got a lot of. We're doing as much work today and this week, and uh, and even if we have to stay home and work, we'll be doing a lot of work. For the body of Christ, and, and we're going to be very active over the next several weeks to months uh, as this continues on. So uh, the main service will have uh, uh, praise, we'll have preaching, we'll have a time of offering or an acknowledgement of giving back to the Lord, however we all choose to do that. And then, of course, then we'll be dismissed. I will probably also leave you with some practical challenges and any kind of announcements that we would need to, to have, which will be modified, obviously, for the situation. And then what's really cool is we're going to be able to add a new wrinkle in our in our offerings uh, of uh, video uh, uh, video messages, so we're going to do a thing called Sunday Night Live. Um, uh, I think the body knows we have a Sunday night uh, prayer meeting, but it's already CDC compliant for the most part, uh, and so uh, we don't have to worry about that. And so I decided that you know, since we're already many of us are already here, the folks that are here right now are are going to be here on Sunday night for the most part. Uh, I thought, let's turn on the cameras and just do that live as well. So we'll be doing Sunday night live, and that would be a good time for you to come together. I'm not going to uh, review the prayers on, on the Internet. Uh, there's just too much personal information, so we will not be reviewing on Wednesday night nor on um, on Sunday night any personal prayer requests. We may throw out a, a specific request that, that everyone doesn't mind as public, like, for instance, we all need to continue to pray for pray for Pastor Randy Foster or a particular missionary that we're uh, is in a situation that we may need to pray for or something like that. But when it comes right down to getting into specifics of prayer requests, that will remain uh, on the prayer list. It will remain also in our private discussions that we have at the prayer meeting, uh, and what we can communicate those things as well by email. So, uh, but we will, uh, you know, invite you in to hear the singing, uh, to hear the message. And then I would really enjoy it if the body of Christ actually took some time on Sunday night and just had a season of prayer with your family. Uh, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to grab my family and the people that are here, and we'll just pray. I think we'll have a handful of people, and uh, we'll have a good time of prayer. And so uh, that will be going on Sunday night. So you might be asking, what about life issues? What about Wednesday night? Wednesday night, I've already mentioned, we're going to continue to do a format similar to this. Uh, We'll probably have a a series. Uh, Some may be asking, what about the child care? A series that Jason is in. 
um, I offered that up. I consider just blasting that out to everybody listening. And um, we're just, I think for now, we're just going to suspend that series and, uh, and just move on with some things that are more practical uh, toward the season that we're in on Wednesday nights. Um, and so uh, a couple more things. Um, and then <clears throat> um, uh, some things that I want to encourage us to do um, is while we have opportunity, man, seize the opportunity. Just some practical things that Heartland's doing to go forward is we've created a, this is a, a, a little COVID-19 gospel track. This was created right here at HBF. And uh, this is the first edition. It's still going to have a, probably an edit before Friday. But some of you are very anxious to get these out. I mentioned this in my video. Um, now, these, this little track is something that you got to be discreet right now, handing things out to people, and we don't want to infect people. So, um, you know, we're going to probably mail some of these out with our Easter John and Romans, and uh, we'll continue on planning for Easter. Uh, I should mention also that our vision conference, as it was planned, is canceled. Um, I have notified the speakers and we have notified the Maple City Baptist team. Um, uh, and so uh, it's not fair to them uh, to plan and prepare for all of that, obviously, uh, if we are most likely not going to be able to meet. And logistically, that would almost be an impossibility under the circumstances. So uh, I may come up and I'm praying about how to perhaps do a, a video series or a hybrid solution that would highlight our need to, to follow that vision of here am I, send me. There's not a better time to have that theme uh, than right now. And we all need to be, uh, as individuals like Gideon, we need to be saying, here am I, send me. Uh, and not, you know, laying out the, uh, uh, um, the uh, gosh, what I'm, I just went, what's the, what do we lay out when uh, Gideon, he, uh, he continued to, the fleece, that's it. We don't want to lay out the fleece and, uh, and just continuously ask God, what is it that you want me to do? I can tell you what God wants you to do. He wants you to go ye therefore and teach all nations right now. This is the time to do it. And so we've got some, some tools. We will have a, a moderate amount of work that we're still planning to do, uh, of course, within uh, safe guidelines at Word First, uh, just like there has to be production in a, a factory and there has to be production up at the food plant. There has to be production at Walmart. Uh, there are some things around here we're going to keep producing, and one of those things is the Word of God. I actually just got a new order. I need to get with Randy on that today. And so I pray by God's grace we'll continue to get the Word of God out in that regard. There are many in our body that are elderly and uh, will need assistance. And as this continues to go on, we'll, you're going to get, need to continue to grow closer together to help one another. And uh, we're gonna, we plan to continue to do that through not just the ABS but through the deacons and the pastors here at HBF. So we're working Literally, uh, we've already had two, three meetings uh, in the last four days. Uh, uh, and so we're continuously praying and asking the Lord how to help us help the body of Christ, and along with the ministry leaders here at HBF. And so uh, if you have any questions uh, about those things, I'm here. Uh, your ABF pastors here and your deacons would be willing to hear any questions that you would have. Okay, I think that's about everything that I have. So uh, are there any questions back there that I have not yet answered? Yes, Diana wants to know, <clears throat> do you have plans for the youth yet? I left, that's a good question. Um, and when we say youth, are we talking high school, probably? Yeah. I would assume. Yeah, the youth group is small enough at this time that I, I asked Luke Fleshman to contact the parents. And uh, in the case of perhaps like my son, who's able to drive while we're still able to drive, uh, I would, I would, I'm permissible to him coming to a group uh, of youth. The only catch is if any youth activities that, that, uh, that 
we do have, uh, whether it be nine o'clock or uh, on a Wednesday night, um, the youth will have to abide by the guidelines of staying a good distance from any any person that might be infected that's older, uh, that might be susceptible to uh, the coronavirus. So we want to really be diligent. So all the youth activities are fine as, as within the, the CDC requirements as long as we respect and understand uh, the need to, to stay within those guidelines. One of the negative things I, I was going to m- mention earlier uh, in regard to Malachi chapter four is there is a, a whole millennial um, group of people that are really just kind of annoyed by all this because they know that those chances of them being infected or or even if they're infected, the chances of this being a deadly disease to them is is really uh, nil. And so, uh, you know, the concern is that, that, that their lack of concern is going to put other people that that are in danger in, in great danger that are that are susceptible to getting it in great danger. Uh, that is not the attitude that this church is going to take. We are going to. That's one of the reasons we're so submissive to the CDC recommendations because we want to make sure we want to honor those uh, that are weak and we're here to take care of them. So we will do what it takes to do that, including youth groups. We'll yield and make sure that they are uh, in the right situation, in the right. Uh, uh, they're being meeting in the right form, uh, in the right uh, way, uh, not to infect anybody that's uh, you know at risk. So hopefully we wouldn't have anyone at risk here during a youth event anyway, but just in case, uh, Luke is, is uh, instructed to make sure that's the case. That's kind of a long answer to a short question. Any other questions? Mm-hmm. I hope that's satisfactory. Sherry would like to know um, how we can get a hold of some of those COVID-19 tracks so we can hand those out. Yeah, we're going to, uh, that's a good question. So what we're, we're, we just talked about that tonight. On Friday, we're going to, I think will probably be the, the run rate. So if we can't get these out in mass by Friday, we're going to try to have them out by um uh, you know, first of next week, but God willing, perhaps uh, if we can get these final edited out, uh, we can have a batch of those. I'm, I'm probably just going to leave them at the front door and ask that people come at their own uh, discretion and pick them up. If indeed you're like, Hey, um, I'm not, you know, I know Sherry lives in Belton. We have no problems. Uh, let us know how many you need. Take as many as you will distribute, but don't take more than you'll distribute. Uh, not Sherry, but anybody. Uh, and, and hey, we'll mail them to you. If you're going to get the word out, we'll spend the 50 cents to get them to you. But if you can come by and pick them up, uh, we'll leave them in a, in a, in a, probably, I might even individually wrap them so nobody gets the COVID virus, but, uh, uh, just keep them in a, in a position in the foyer where people can come by, uh, and get those. We are going to have a little tighter security. Uh, so make sure that, uh, you know, you may call ahead, make sure someone's here, make sure you ring the doorbell. Uh, because the doors may be locked if you do come to get your your gospel tracks. There was a concern concern expressed about uh, folks who are impacted financially. Mm -hmm. When they run short of food, uh, what what is it that uh, we can do? That's a really good question. Um, We actually, as of this week, I'm actually, we picked up a little extra bread just for that need. We weekly have needs for food. So uh, the good news is we can continue to fill up our pantry system uh, while we can uh, fill that up. And, of course, Steve Fleshman heads that up. Uh, we share that between Life Issues and the church since uh, a lot of the activity of Life Issues may be, uh, as far as teaching, might be modified. Um, um, I don't think that will impact much of that until or and if uh, we literally, all of us are struggling for food. Uh, one of the reasons, uh, this highlights one of the reasons, however, I think we need to maintain our biblical structure. Um, 
and I don't want to scare anyone or alarm anyone, but if, if this situation were to carry on and, uh, and there was a, a greater need or maybe even panic that would cause us to, to have some social, uh, you know, problems, uh, it is this local church that has an infrastructure to help us, you know, with all of us together. Uh, I know there are women that can help, uh, people make bread, you know, from scratch. And there are people who know how to make biscuits from scratch. And I know there are people that can, uh, we could, uh, you know, pitch in a little and get a cow slaughtered. And we will do our best to make sure that we can get everyone fed the best we can and be a little more communal in our relationship as a body of Christ. And so, uh, but that would be an extreme situation. Uh, in a more moderate situation, just a job loss or what have you. It would just be a matter of contacting your ABF uh, fellowship pastor or calling myself or uh, getting a hold of your deacon, making the need known, and then we could get uh, our normal uh, food. Again, those are things, too, uh, that we can continue to supply. Uh, you can continue to fill the pantry, um, you know, and dropping off food and things like that. Again, I think one of the things that we need to do in this season is over-communicate. We're not going to have the volume of people in and out of the building as we have typically. So if you are dropping things off or you're doing something in the building, make sure you communicate that. We don't want someone to drop something off and then let it spoil when it needs to be refrigerated or something like that if the kitchen door is locked. So uh, I think that we can continue, at least for the short term, we just continue as we have been with the existing resources that we've had. We actually gave away a box this week for that very thing. Uh, and so, um, you know, that is a, a good question. If you do want to support um, the food pantry, please, uh, please continue to do that and bring the, the supplies by. Of course, a season like this, canned goods, things that are not perishable uh, are very good. And things that people can add a little milk or water with are very good. Uh, could you um, say something about the, uh, the work day on the 21st? Um, is that still going to go on? Uh, most of the people that are engaged in that um, uh, probably know what their responsibilities are. So we are not making uh, that was going to be an all church work day. And we were calling on all people to come at this point. Uh, we, we've we've retracted and we've backed up a little bit on that. So if you let me just say this, if you're interested in that work day, it is on. Please coordinate with Steve Fleshman so that we can uh, so that we can schedule it in a way where we're being responsible with people's health and also accomplishing things that need to be accomplished and so we're, we're being more careful with how we're executing the workday. Uh, so Steve Fleshman is your contact. Uh, if you want to do that, there are, there is work that we want to continue to do. As I've mentioned, we want to continue to, to do projects in the armory, uh, with discretion, uh, and discreetly. Uh, and some of the work that needs to be done to do that is going to happen in the armory. So some of these more manufacturing style things need to be accomplished, uh, by people who are, are, are willing to risk their health in that regard. And um, and so uh, but we would ask that nobody come out that's in any way concerned about the virus. We're not desperate for help at this time. So uh, it's definitely the willing. Uh, and please be well coordinated with Steve Fleshman before you come. Okay, I'm checking. OK. All right. Well, that's a unique service. It's our first live service like this uh, at HBF under these circumstances. So I want to thank everybody who has joined us. I would also appreciate your feedback uh, on this particular broadcast, this being the inaugural broadcast. Um, it would help me know a little bit better how to serve you uh, if there's any technical difficulties, um, so on and so forth. Uh, we will definitely take that into consideration, do everything we can 
Uh, we had a few technical difficulties just getting this started. So uh, just uh, obviously, if you get, a, I will say this, if you get a live feed um, link uh, and you just hear music, just just wait, it's coming. Uh, but we had tonight, we had a few technical difficulties we had to work through before we could go live. So I appreciate your patience on that. Uh, but our goal is to go live right on time every time. So uh, hopefully we can improve on that as the days and weeks go on. All right. I think that's it, Jeff, with questions. I appreciate everybody that's that's uh, uh, brought questions. One of the things I would ask us all to do is really be sincere and serious in our prayer. Uh, we have many prayer needs uh, in the body. Uh, people are still dealing with uh, uh, medical needs. Uh, Mel Mathis called me today. He would like us to pray for uh, Donna Mathis. Uh, she's in the hospital, and um, there are people going in for procedures. Uh, as you know, James Horton's daughter, um, Krista's going for a, a very – no, she's not. They canceled it. I didn't know that. So now we can pray for Krista. Her surgery's been canceled. I just learned that. It's postponed. Okay. We obviously because of the situation right now. So that's not good news for her. She really was hoping to get that done. So continue to pray. Don't allow all the other things to eclipse the very real needs of the people that we are closest to. And uh, make sure that we're, we're paying attention to those things. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for time in the word, time to talk about how we're going forward as a church. I pray God blesses you real good. Let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you so much for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for uh, just allowing your church to have this technology to continue to, to function. It's a different way of functioning. But thank you for your word that assures us, Lord, that in this time we have no fear. But you've replaced fear with three things, power, love, and a sound mind. Lord, may the power of the Holy Ghost that infused the church in the first century under difficult circumstances, Lord, be ever present in our life and our church life today under these circumstances, which really are not probably much more difficult or any dif more difficult than uh, they're probably a light affliction compared to the first century. So we thank you so much for uh, giving us um, the ability to continue to communicate, at least for now. And Lord, help us to have an attitude of gratitude as you've given us the Holy Spirit of God so that we can go, so that we can share the love of Christ. And Lord, thank you for the word of God, the sound mind that you have given us. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we continue to invest in the word of God in the souls of men in the days ahead. Lord, and we thank you so much, Lord, uh, not only for not giving us the spirit of fear, but making sure that uh, even though we're not physically together, we're unified, that we, like Philippians chapter 2, are of one mind, of one accord, that we are, um, are ready uh, to at your coming, Lord, that we would be a light in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Help us continue to shine and overcome difficulties as we've been talking about being triumphant over trouble, uh, as we talked about on Sunday. And Heavenly Father, May we not retreat, or may we not go on vacation. May we not become apathetic and, uh, and lackadaisical uh, and, and then allow the enemies to overrun us. Lord, may we be faithful uh, with your word. May we see open doors. May we take the gospel where it needs to go on time. May you get the honor and glory. And, Lord, we pray specifically for the, the, the practical needs of the body. Lord, we pray for the health of our dear members. Lord, we pray for the jobs, or we pray for the food. We pray, God, for the medical care that maybe someone won't be able to get like they readily would in a different situation. Oh, Heavenly Father, we pray in all these things that you would provide, or that we would go to you, that we'd remember, or that you are not just aware of what's going on. You are with us, Lord. You are in us of a truth. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for your church. We thank you for the reality that this is your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We ask a blessing on the reading and the hearing of your word and the living it out today. 
In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.